God, we thank you. Thank you for your word. And we pray, God, even as we hear your word again this morning, that, Lord, you will teach us more and more to live in the authority, in the rightful authority of your word. And Holy Spirit, you're the only one who has anything uh, worthwhile to tell us this morning. So I pray that you will tune our hearts to you and you would speak to us, each of us today, and help us to know how we should respond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, today we continue our series on 1 Corinthians with chapter 13. I think you know, it's the well-known chapter on love, which you usually hear at the wedding ceremonies. But originally, you can see that this passage was actually written by the Apostle Paul in the context of spiritual gifts and the church. Yeah? So 1 Corinthians is sandwiched between two uh, chapters on spiritual gifts. So it's actually applicable not just to married couples, although it is applicable to married couples, but it's especially applicable to all of us in the church. And if you look at the last, uh, I put it up there for you, I look at the last uh, verse of 1 Corinthians 12, right? It actually introduces this chapter on 1 Corinthians 13, and it says, and it reveals that what we're going to talk about, love, Paul says, is the most excellent way. Yeah? Then at the close, in the first verse of chapter 14, it actually says, pursue love. After saying that love is the most excellent way, he tells us to pursue pursue love, right? So, but Paul is not saying uh, that love is the most important thing, therefore disregard spiritual gifts, okay? Because you can see in the, the two verses shown there, he actually says, eagerly desire the greater gifts and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. So he's saying that continue to desire spiritual gifts, but the most important thing is this must be exercised with love. Now, last week, Pastor Chiming covered 1 Corinthians 12 on the diversity of all the spiritual gifts that God has given. And also, he talks about each one of us is part of the body of Christ. Actually, I find chapter 12 very amusing when Paul talks about the body. Huh? I'm reminded that each one of us is part of the body of Christ. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, Hello, fellow body part. And, and, you know, really look, look, look at these people, right? Look at these people around you, okay? Uh, and, you know, God has put us in this sacred relationship, yeah? And we are reminded that we are part, we are part of this congregation, yeah? And we are part of the local church which Christ has put at Pasir Panjang Hill, yeah? And we are part of the global church. More than that, we are part of the global church of Christ, so together, we are the body. We are the body of Christ. And we were reminded, not only your body part, you are needed, right? You and you and you, you are needed. And you have a role to play in the body. And the church needs all of you, all of, including me, yeah? All of us are necessary. And it's the other way around also. You also need the church and you need the others. And God in His wisdom designed it this way. 
that we were not made to be an autonomous, self-functioning, self-sufficient body part. Yeah? So you can't say to the rest, I don't need you. And the rest also can't say to you, I don't need you. I came across this cartoon, which I find quite amusing also. Uh, the, it says, the eye says to the hand, uh, I don't need you, right? Then, uh, where's this thing? Not working. Then the hand says, are you sure? Right? So it's, it's really amusing, right, to think that, you know, one day, you just imagine you're walking along and then your ear decides to just drop out from your body, right? And says, I've had it with this body, you know. Uh, I'm going to spend some time alone by myself. Right? Or if your hand decides that it wants to be deformed to look like a leg, because you know, it's more cool to be a leg than to be a hand. Right? That will cause chaos right, to your body. So not only what we were reminded of last week, is not only are we children of God and the family of God together, but we also represent Christ's body. Right? We together represent Christ's body to fulfill His mission on earth and to glorify Him. And so last week, we were also reminded that we were given spiritual gifts because we have a function to play, function to play in the body of Christ. And spiritual gifts are tools. Tools, why do we need tools? Because you and I have a role to play and you and I have work to do. And more importantly, as we've been going through this series, just as the Holy Spirit empowered Christ to do all that He did on earth, the Holy Spirit is also given to us to inhabit us, to empower us, to function properly together as the body of Christ so that we can say what Christ once said, we can do what Christ once done, and we can live as Christ wants us to live, as ambassadors for Him. So in other words, Paul, to summarize, regard to spiritual gifts last week, Paul is telling the, the Corinthians and telling us also, please do not be ignorant or please do not be unaware of the fact that it's not about you. It's about the body of Christ, the church. And it's about Christ. But before we go further on the topic of spiritual gifts, I want to address this question because it comes up in uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Right? And just uh, before we go on talking about spiritual gifts. And the question is this, are all the gifts mentioned in the Bible given, still given by God today? You know, the things that we read, uh, prophecy, healing, etc. Because using today's passage, which we will read later, 1 Corinthians 13, 8 to 12, some believe that some of the gifts have ceased. Because these verses say that when perfection comes, these gifts will cease. And they interpret the perfection to mean that, you know, because the whole Bible is given to us in its completeness, the full canon of Scripture has been given to us, therefore perfection is already come. Or, you know, the apostles have done whatever God wanted them to do to set up the church, and the apostolic age has ended, and therefore perfection has come. And therefore, there is no need for gifts like prophecy, for tongues, for knowledge, etc. And God has ceased to provide them to us. That's what some people believe. But if we read verse 12 carefully, later on we will read, perfection is actually associated with a time where we see face to face. 
and we will know as even we are fully known. So it is hard to conclude that perfection has actually come, right? Because we, we have not reached that stage. And rather, perfection comes, refers to the time where Christ will come again. Just as Paul said in the beginning of 1 Corinthians, in verse, chapter 1, verse 7, he says, do you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly await for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed? In other words, Paul is saying, spiritual gifts are given for us now, until the time when Christ will be revealed, when he comes again, right? Only then will some of these gifts, uh, all the gifts not be necessary. So PPH position and our belief is that until then, the full range of gifts, including tongues, prophecy, healing, miracles, etc., have not ceased uh, and should be available for operation in God's church today and for God's kingdom work on earth. So I just wanted to address the issue before we carry on talking about spiritual gifts. But back to the body of Christ. The body of Christ can be balanced or imbalanced uh, because we don't appropriate some of the gifts, maybe. It can be healthy or not healthy. And it can be stunted or it can be built up. And it really depends, as this verse says, it really depends on the body parts, each part doing its work and how we play our role. So after the last week's sermon on spiritual gifts, what did you go away thinking? I hope you did think about the application of sermon in your life, or you can even think about it now. And as we think about application, I think there are three groups of people. Number one, the first group is you know your gifts and you're using your gifts. So thank God for you. Maybe you're serving on the worship team or you're a Sunday school teacher or you're an intercessor. I hope last week's sermon reinforced for you that you must continue to play your part. That you need to press on to build God's church. And I hope the message received by this first group is that I got it, the gift, and I must keep going. Then the second group is the group that knows your gifts, but you're not using them. And maybe it could be like, you know, you used to lead a CG, but because of work and family commitments, you take a break. And similar situations for the rest. So for you guys, hopefully, you're thinking after you heard the sermon that, okay, it's time to stop my break and get back to playing my part. Now is the time God is calling you back to see how you can serve. If not going back to being a CG leader, then perhaps assistant CG leader, or you can just you know, prepare somebody for baptism class, for baptism, disciple somebody, or be a mentor to somebody if you don't have the time to, to do more. And I hope the message that this second group received is that I need to get up and get going. And finally, there's a third group, I think, that maybe you, you are wondering, I, I don't know my gifts, and therefore I'm not using them. So I hope after last week's sermon, you are thinking, what part am I? You know? Or another way of asking that question is, what is my spiritual gift? So that I can play my part. So I hope this third group, the message you receive is, I need to get it 
get my gift, and get going. But hold all these thoughts, okay? Because after chapter 12, Paul, who is led by the Holy Spirit, thought it fit to talk in this chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, about this issue of love. So let's hear what it says. Love, the most excellent way. Actually, in Corinth, the situation was one where many people wanted to have the more impressive gifts, right? Like tongues. Because it is thought to be a mark of a spiritual person. So they want to uh, feel good, they want to feel superior to other people. And, Paul, and for them, Paul actually wrote 1 Corinthians 13 to stress that love is first and foremost. But even if we are not thinking like the Corinthians, God's word is still relevant for us. So let's hear what it says about love, and especially in relation to spiritual gifts. Very simply, 1 Corinthians can be divided into three sections. The first one is about, Paul makes a point that love is the most excellent way because love is absolutely essential. And then he goes on to talk about what is love like in verse 4 to 7. And in verse 8 to 13, again, he gives a second reason why he thinks love is the most excellent way, because love outlasts and outlives all the gifts. So with that framework in mind, let's read the 13 verses of uh, 1 Corinthians 13 together. Okay, let's read together. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but when there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So Paul gives us two reasons why love is the most excellent way, why love is superior. And the first one he says is that if we speak even in the most heavenly language but have not love, he says we are just making noise. You're actually not saying anything of significance. But he says even if you can utter divine revelation and reveal the mysteries of God, that means you say something really significant, right? 
or you can have the faith to do mighty works so fantastic and you do something fantastic. Yet, without love, he says, we are nothing. And even, Paul says, if you give up everything, even your life, but without love, you gain nothing. In other words, the greatest gifts exercised in the greatest way without love is all meaningless, it's all worthless. It's like having a car in Singapore without COE. It's like having the best Dyson hair dryer when you've got no hair. Okay, sorry for some people, uh, sensitive topic. Yeah. But we can't understand that, you know, humanly actually, because these gifts all look fantastic. We can't understand, right? It's super impressive it looks if somebody can actually speak in a language that they don't know, that they have never learned. Or if you can tell people mysteries that we shouldn't be able to know. And imagine if you can pray with such great faith that Mount Favor moves from Tolot Blanga to Jurong, right? Although technically it's not a mountain, huh? But, and even if you become a martyr, so we thought we are great, but God says, think again. Or you, you thought you've done great things, but God says, think again. By whose judgment is God saying, you are nothing, you gain nothing? Obviously, it's by his judgment, by his standard. Right? So the first point is that exercising your gift with love is absolutely essential because ultimately God judges our heart. Was it done with love? But I think we can also see, right, the practical impact, effect if things are done with love. I remember how my father-in-law came to accept Jesus, right? Actually, when Rebecca's grandma, his, his, his mother, my father-in-law's mother was ill, she requested someone from the church to come and pray. And so I think uh, Mary came, Mary Chang, Sister Mary Chang came and prayed for her. And Mary Chang led her to Christ. And then later on, she was baptized by uh, Brother Richard Chia. And shortly after that, my grand, uh, Rebecca's grandma passed on while actually Rebecca was out of the country. And PPH, you know, did all the funeral arrangements, all the wake arrangements, and people from PPH came and they were there for my in-laws family during their bereavement, time of bereavement. And when Rebecca returned home, after it was all over, you know, she, didn't, uh, she wasn't even around for the funeral, my father-in-law says, I've seen the love of the church. You know? They don't even know us personally. And you were away. You know, but they all came and they showed love to our family. And my father-in-law says, because of that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to church. I want to become a Christian. So we see the impact of love. And recently I heard a similar story. A lady at TG. Uh, she, she was actually somebody that the, the CSE staff said they were very, always, you know, always very down. Whenever they see her, she always looks very depressed. Then one day they saw her and said, wow, this lady is transformed. She's full of joy. You know, then they discovered that actually uh, she went to, uh, she became a believer. Yeah? Uh, but, you know, 
she didn't come to become a believer through the CSC staff leading her to Christ. Uh, actually, she went to her daughter's church. But when the CSC staff caught up with her, you know, they said that she, she actually said that it was because of all the love that I received, you know, when I went to the center, uh, people bring me to the center, you know, to come for the Tuesday karaoke. Uh, when I'm there on the Friday breakfast, people all come around and, and, and talk to me, you know, and welcome me. And I feel all this love, and all this love of you Christians actually influenced my decision to follow Christ. So we can see the power of love. Huh? That love is absolutely essential. And the second reason why Paul says that love is the most excellent way is that love outlasts and outlives all the gifts. In other words, all the gifts will become irrelevant and will be done away when Christ returns. But love will continue to be relevant forever. You know, just think, when we go to heaven, uh, the greatest healer won't have any business because nobody is sick. And here now, today, you may be one of the biggest givers uh, to the church work or to charity. But in heaven, you've got nobody to give to because there's no needy anymore. And the greatest prophet will have nothing new to tell anybody because everybody already knows everything. But in heaven, what will continue is that we will dwell with a God who is called love. And we will continue to love one another. And you can imagine that is what heaven is like, right? When everybody loves one another fully and perfectly. So love, Paul says, is excellent also because it never fails. And love never ends in its relevance. Okay, with that, let's just look at what Paul now says about love. Or love, as we know in the Greek word agape, right? Agape meaning a, a special type of love, right? a type of love which really loves people unconditionally, beyond what they deserve. Yeah? So Paul tells us, actually I was wondering why Paul must elaborate. No? Love is pretty self-explanatory, right? You think. If you, feel, if you receive love, you know. Right? If you don't receive love, you also know. So why must Paul elaborate and explain in such detail what is love, love is this, love is not this, love does not do this, love always, you know. So let's just see what he has listed out for us. First he says, what is love? What is love? Love is, love is being patient, right? Another translation says long-suffering. That means you suffer long, long. <laughs> okay. uh, when people do things to you, right? And the other one is love is kind, right? You're kind, that means kind. You always have good intentions towards people. You are kind to them. And then he goes on to tell us what love is not. He says love is not envious, is not boastful, is not proud, is not rude, is not self-seeking, doesn't take care of your own interests, is not easily angered. And love does not keep a record of wrongs and love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth and finally to top it all off he says love always 
Love always delights. No, sorry, love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. You know, I don't know about you, but uh, sometimes when we read such lists, right, we are a little worried, right, because we know it is humanly impossible to attain to such standard of love. And frankly, it's also, sometimes I'm sure we think, it is quite foolish to love in such an all-out way, right? To such an extent. Example, love always trusts. You know, can you imagine always trusts? It's been said that instead of the word love, we can substitute with Jesus. Where's my slide? Okay, so, oh, sorry, sorry. Before that, um, yeah, as I said, the, the standard of love. Click next slide. The standard of love of God is so high, right? In the Old Testament, we said, uh, love your neighbor as yourself. That's already difficult enough. Then when Jesus came in the New Testament, he says, love one another as I have loved you. And as we've partaken of the Holy Communion just now, we know what is love as Jesus loved us, right? So it's really humanly impossible. But thank God, you know, as I said, we can substitute love with the word Jesus. Because if we look at Jesus, we see how this love is exemplified. We see that Jesus has loved us in this way. And as we understand more and more and appreciate more and more of Christ's love, we also learn to love more and more like him. And every time we think we are stepping out too far to love somebody and they're going to take advantage of us, we remember that we have been the recipient of over-the-top love at the cross from God. While we were still sinners and enemies of God, Christ died for us. But on the other hand, as we look at the life of Jesus, we also see that some of our concerns are not valid. Right? Because are we to remain patient, for instance, with people who do evil things and tolerate them? Now, we see Jesus' example, he was all loving, but in righteous anger, he can actually clear the temple of all those who are misusing the premises. Or he can speak against the Pharisees for their hypocrisy and for leading other people astray. So we learn from the example of Jesus. And to always trust somebody may not necessarily mean you naively believe everything they say all the time. When it appears, especially when it appears not to be so. But it does mean that we don't give up or never give up on that person. And we don't write off that person as somebody who cannot change ever. And we also offer help and hope for the person to change. So thankfully, Jesus not only provides us the ultimate example, he has also given us the Holy Spirit to empower us to love. Because love, God is love, and love comes from God. God knows we cannot love by our own human strength. So he has given us, it says God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us. So as we talk about the Holy Spirit, we remember also the Holy Spirit is given to us 
to help us to love. Love with a supernatural ability, some people who are really not very lovable. Yeah? And every time we are faced with that challenge, we know we have God's help on hand to be able to love people whom we are unable to love on our own. So with that assurance of example and assurance of empowering, then I think we come back to this list. And if we substitute ourselves into that, it says I, right? And we use this as a checklist. I think one of the reasons God left uh, Paul to leave us such a large list is that it gives us a good checklist for ourselves, right? How are we doing in terms of love in all these areas? Now, obviously, some of the specific qualities there were specifically, I think, meant to uh, highlight to the Corinthians about their behavior, right? For instance, they were becoming boastful and proud about spiritual gifts. So some of this were specifically meant for them. But it's a good checklist also for us in terms of when we are serving one another, in, when we are using spiritual gifts, how are we doing on the basis of love? Example, if I have the gift of teaching, am I impatient or irritable when people don't get what I'm teaching straight away? And am I kind to be able to repeat, elaborate, clarify, so that they can understand? Am I envious when, you know, other teachers, they seem to respect other teachers more than me? And if I have the gift of healing or the gift of knowledge, am I proud, thinking that I'm more spiritual than other people? And do I boast about my abilities? And when I help others, do I insist that they do things my way? I heard this sister share this story uh, a few weeks ago, and I, I thought it was a great uh, testimony. Uh, this sister actually had a China worker come uh, involved in renovating her house. And you know, usually we don't talk to all these people, right? I, I mean, I, I tend to not to. But this lady, this sister, talked to this uh, China worker. And not only that, she actually shared the gospel with him, right? But he was very hostile. So she... She backed off, but uh, she continued to be kind. You know, she continued to buy him lunch every day while he was working at the house, continued to engage, talk to him. And one day in her conversations, this guy was lamenting about his son back in China. So that his son, you know, uh, not doing very well in school, and, you know, I don't think he has much hope of uh, uh, doing well, getting into a good education. Uh, so she encouraged him. She encouraged him not to give up on his son. And afterward, he went back, and, he, and the next day he told her, you know, you, actually your, your words made a great impact on me. So he called his wife back home and says, you know, send our son for tuition, you know, we give him whatever resources he needs, I will make sure that I send money to take care of it. And through that, through those changes, God blessed the son, right? And the son actually did well. And the son ended up to be the one of the first in the village to go to university. Right? So the father was very happy. And another day, when this China worker was feeling down, he actually told this sister, he says, I want to attend church. And she brought him. It was a Saturday, so she didn't bring him, bring him to a PPH. She brought him to another church. At the service, which actually was not the evangelistic service, this man decided to, follow, uh, to say that I want to become a Christian. And so he prayed to receive Christ. And so with that, you know, somebody was won over 
to, do, to follow our Lord Jesus. But it's, the story doesn't stop there. So this lady said, okay, then you come to our Chinese service, right? But she also knows that this, our Chinese service, the people are quite different uh, in terms of profile. They're all more highly educated. They're all professionals. So she was worried that this guy would not fit in very well. So she made sure, you know, he, he comes. And true enough, this guy is very uncomfortable. He, don't, he, don't, he don't, cannot mix around well with the rest. So she decided, okay, for this guy's sake, I'm going to switch over and go down to Chinese service and spend time with him, you know, and make sure that he, he gets to, you know, know the rest better uh, and he's able to stay on and not drop out. And she did that for three years, actually. Three years she spent time uh, in the Chinese service when maybe her Chinese, uh, her English is better than the Chinese, just to be with this guy so that this guy could, you know, uh, be well-grounded in his faith. So I thought that was a fantastic story, a fantastic illustration of some of the things that we are talking about here, you know, that love is patient, love is kind, not easily angered, not self-seeking, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. And for myself, I must confess that as I was reflecting on God's word, I also realized in my life I had desired spiritual gifts that I don't have. As a pastor, I wanted to have gifts of healing and knowledge, you know, that's very helpful. And why don't I have them, you know, like some other people? So I felt less spiritually powerful and second rate. But as I began to read God's word more, it purified my desire, right? And I understood that I must pursue greater gifts which can be of greater benefit and blessing to Christ's body in the church. Then as I reflected more, I realized that actually love is the heart of the matter. It dawned on me that how I exercise the gift is more important. I asked myself, suppose God gave me the gift of prophecy, Beyond, you know, praying for a troubled person at the altar call and giving them a word which they find relevant to them, would I go beyond that? Would I actually follow up with them, check with them how they're doing, continue to encourage them, continue to share God's word with them? Am I prepared to do all that? And what if God says, you know, no, prophecy is not meant to be distributed to you, this gift? then would I still show the same love to this troubled person? And actually, if we read 1 Corinthians 12, last week we ended with this. Huh? It says uh, about giving of gifts. God says He gives the church apostles, prophets, teachers, workers of miracles, those with gifts of healing, those able to help others, those who can speak in different tongues. Actually, the context of this is God is talking about giving to the church. He's not giving all to me. Right? Or all to you. So, it doesn't mean that the gifts have to be given to me. Prophecy, for instance. So then my prayer changes to, God, give our church the gift of prophecy. Or give our church the gift of healing. Give our church the gift of distinguishing between spirits. If it's for me, great. But if not, give it to someone else so that this church 
can be operating in the fullness of your gifts and fulfilling your purposes. When I realize that love is first and foremost, then it rightly pivots my desire for the spiritual gifts away from myself and toward the church and toward Christ and towards glorifying Christ. Because it's not about me, it's about you, Lord Jesus. And it's about your body and your church. So, it's a very simple application, I think, of God's word. And Paul ends off, he tells us that in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. And the exhortation for us this morning is to pursue love. Right? Pursue love first and foremost. And I think there are just two points, really. We start with love and we continue with love. So start with love. I, I remember hearing this testimony of a, a young missionary who went out to the field, you know. Uh, and, you know, as he went out, he saw all this, uh, wow, all these sick people around. Uh, and there's so many things to do, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's so much financial need. He says, ah, God, how am I going to manage? How am I going to manage all these things? You know, but he pursued, continued to pursue, loving them. And God supplied. God provided gifts of healing. God provides gifts of administration so that he can organize things well. And God teach him how to set up the ministry. So, when love motivated him to start, God supplied. God came in and supplied all the gifts that he's needed. So I think it's the same for us. Some of us, as I said, asking, what is my spiritual gift so that I may exercise it for the church? That's a good question. But I think a better question is, and a more excellent question, as Paul says, is, Lord, who do you want me to love and to serve in this body of yours? So we start with that question. Then the next question, then we ask, Lord, give me the gifts so that I can serve them. But the first question is, Lord, who can I love and who can I serve in this church? And of course, when we ask for the gifts, we must ask for it with the right motivation. The motivation must be love, uh, to, to be able to love and serve one another effectively. But what if you're already serving? You know, what if you're already, uh, you already know your gifts, you're utilizing them? Then God's word to us this morning is remember to continue to exercise them with love. Use the checklist to guide us, to check ourselves, to make sure that we are really serving in love because that is what counts at the end of the day. God is going to look at our heart. I think last week we saw this verse. So it, it told us each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully. But actually in First Peter, in the same chapter, a few verses before that, it says, above all, love each other deeply. Right? So again, it's a reminder to us. And First Corinthians actually will end with the last verses that says, do everything in love. So if we do things in love, I think we can't go wrong. Yeah? We definitely cannot go wrong. 
So those who are serving, check ourselves. Check ourselves against love. Am I serving in the most excellent way? Not how great is my performance, how great is my results, or great the impact I'm making, but really, if God looks at me and my heart, how great am I doing? So can you imagine if every one of us pursues love in this church? Every one of us. I think we already see glimpses of it, right? When people are not well, there are brothers and sisters who go and uh, comfort them, pray for them, encourage them. Same thing when uh, some, uh, uh, you know, uh, somebody passes away or a family member of one of our members passes away. Some of us go and bring them comfort, you know, uh, help be there to just be there with them, yeah, and to strengthen them. When we know of people with financial needs, sometimes pastor goes out and asks uh, who can help and money will pour in and, you know, people will give and help financially. And there are people who are struggling with long-term issues. We know there are people who especially make a point uh, to either come up with a group of people. Last week we heard about the group of people who visits uh, some people especially uh, and take turns to continue to go give ongoing care uh, and support to the family. And people who are actually go prepared to pray for people you know, and encourage them and help them to find uh, solutions and healing for their problems. So we see glimpses of this here and there already. But can you imagine if all of us get involved? All of us. Then there'll be really very, very few needy people in church. Both materially, as well as maybe emotionally, psychologically, socially. People who need help will find it in this community. People who need encouragement will find it. People who need support will get it. People who need comfort will see somebody coming alongside them. And people will be using their gifts, you know, people who can teach will be teaching and more people will be taught. And we will be growing in greater faith as a community, understanding the truth better. And as we love one another, as we see our lack, we will be praying for gifts that we need that we don't have. And we will be seeing more prophecy, we will be seeing more healing, we will be seeing more miracles, we will be seeing more appropriate words given to people. And we will see people turning to the Lord more and more because we are also asking God for gifts of evangelism and His empowering. So let's pursue love. And let's be the community of love that God wants us to be and let's be a community of love that declares God's kingdom of love and shows God's kingdom of love and furthers God's kingdom of love. So can I just ask you to stand? And as we said, as we prayed this just now, there is only the Holy Spirit can can say something which is, uh, you know, useful for us this morning. So I just want us to pray now. Just close your eyes and uh, and just pray and ask ask God, right? And say, God, this is your word. This is what you tell us to do. Speak to us, God. Speak to us for our own specific situation. 
help it not to be some concept, wonderful concept that we hear. But Lord, I want to be part of this. I want to be part, a functioning part of your body to fulfill your purpose and to bring you glory. So let's pray. And let's ask God specifically for what he may want you to do. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we are reminded this morning how we are part of your body on earth now to fulfill your purpose and to glorify you. Thank you that I am needed. I have a role to play. And thank you that you have allocated to me tools and gifts to play my role. And most of all, that you have given me your love by first extending your love to me, laying down your life at the cross for me. And Lord, as you have loved me, you also ask me to love my brothers and sisters. Thank you also for putting your Holy Spirit in me to empower me to love them and to love you. I want to start with love. I want to continue with love. Now some of you, for some of you, it may be, I want to start with love. Lord, I want to know, Lord, how you want me to love and serve the people here. Who do you want me to love and serve? And give me the gifts that I may do so. And help me to exercise them in love. Or for some of us, it could be, Lord, I want to continue in love. I want to thank you for the ministry that, and service that you've already put me in. And I want to recommit to serving you with love. To serve you in the most excellent way. So help me, Lord. Thank you, God, for hearing our prayers. And now I just want to pray a blessing for you. From Ephesians 3. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through the Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may together with all the saints grasp how wide and deep and long and high is the love of Christ and to know his love which passes the passes all knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of Christ, of God. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
excuse me, the CG leaders and the CG reps who are supposed to go for the capping briefing, uh, please go down to level 2, the crash room, for the briefing. Thank you.
Hello. Hello. Hello? Tim and Amanda, can we test the mic? Did it work? Sound tests. Sound test. Sound test. One, two, three. Is there some buzzing sound uh, feedback? Yeah, try to identify. Sounds like crickets. Ah, yes. Who is that? Can't hear Amanda. Test, okay. testing. Nice. Louder. Test. Yes. Testing. <laughs> test. Test, testing. One, two, three. Testing. Test. Okay, guitars and keys. 
Okay, we're good. All right. Okay, let's start. Uh, let's warm up with the first song, and then uh, we'll go along. Oh 
instrumental. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Okay, uh, never mind. Uh.
So oh. 
Hi, good morning. Welcome to the second service. Um, okay, today we're going to sing a sang, uh, set of songs that uh, talk about God's love. And uh, just giving Him thanks and uh, meditating on how great uh, this love is. Uh, can I just invite you all to stand? And uh, let's read this passage together. So in John chapter 15, okay, read it with me. Um, and let these words uh, sink into our hearts. Let's be a focus of our hearts today. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. As we sing the songs today, I just uh, encourage all of us to let this God's love be the focus of our hearts and our minds. And let this love uh, just swell up in us so that it will flow. It will flow to those people around us. For the week ahead, let this love be very evident in our own lives. Thank you. 
we could sing of your love forever. Lord, this great and mighty love that you have sacrificed, O Lord, your one and only Son for us. And God, you have set that love at such a high standard, the highest standard of all, that you would give your life for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for indeed your work on the cross has given us life. Nothing can return us to you except your sacrifice. Father, on our knees we worship you. Let your love, O oh Lord, dwell in us. Fill us, O oh Lord, with the fullest measure of your love. And God, that our lives, O oh Father, will show your love to the people around us. It will be infectious, O oh Lord. And God, may people be touched by this love of yours and they will seek they will ask and their hearts will be open to you to receive you to embrace you to know what a loving father you are now reach the central part of our worship. It's a time of uh, Holy Communion. And uh, may I invite the communion service to distribute the wine and the bread. Our hearts always hunger for 
lost our way. Lord, we have drifted far away from you. Indeed, we come before your throne of grace. On bended knee, we come. Holy Spirit, we invite you in now. Search deep in our hearts. Reveal to us our sinful ways. Shine your light, Lord, in the darkest corners of our heart. Come. Lord, we confess these sins before you. Lord, we acknowledge that we have fallen far short of your glory. you come and sanctify us that we will be renewed and changed from glory to glory in your image Lord the last supper was instituted by our Lord Jesus Christ just before he was to be arrested and crucified. The emblems that we are about to take signifies his body and his blood. And the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And after he given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The same way after supper, he took the cup, saying, This is the blood of the new covenant. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And the emblems that we are about to partake will proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's take the bread and the wine together. Lord, what a wonderful and merciful Saviour you are. You are our precious Redeemer and friend. Dear Lord, let our lives be lived to be worthy of your calling. Let us strive to keep in step with you. 
week after week, oh Lord, let us live a life in your presence. Fill us, O oh Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you for your precious work on the cross. Your most precious name we pray. Amen. Please pass the cups to the side of the aisle. Part of our worship is the offering. Um, if you're here with us for the first time, don't feel obliged to put anything into it. But you are with us, give generously because the Lord encourages us to give. He's in an act of worship. Lord, we really thank you, Lord, for all the blessings you poured out in our lives. And that, Lord, you hear our prayers, and when you ask, oh Lord, you give much more than we ever think of. And Lord, in obedience, so we give a part of this back to you. And Father, we pray that you use these funds to reach those who have yet to know you, to build up your work, your kingdom. Would you grant wisdom to those who administer these funds that they will hear you and they will follow your heart? Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Welcome again to our 1115 service. Glad to see you, you all come together to worship the Lord. And if you are here, you're newer, for your first time or newer, we welcome you in the presence of the Lord here. Shall we just stand and just greet one another? Okay, please be seated. Few short announcements for you all. First one. This is the first Wednesday of the month. We are continuing our healing prayer service. 
if you are not well or friends who are not well, or relatives, bring them here. Or you can come and join us to pray for those who are not well. I believe God is still healing in our midst and we want to come and intercede for people who are not well. So please come this Wednesday, healing prayer service. Next. Okay. Uh, this Friday is Foreign Workers Outing. There will be a briefing immediately after the service. Those of you who have signed up, please stay back for a short while. Uh, don't worry, lunch will be waiting for you downstairs. Uh, so you can come for the briefing so that you know what will be going on together. Uh, what the things that you need to do. Next. Okay, those of you who are in the poly students as well as university students, we have a campus life uh, time where you can come together. We want to learn how can you make an impact as a life of the students. So it's going to be on the 23rd of August. Okay? Those of you who are in the CG mainly with working people, on that week you can skip your CG and then join this event here. Or those of you who are mainly just um, students in the CG, the CG will be held in the church to have this uh, event here. So please come. Dinner will be provided. It is earlier than normal YA Connect. It's 7pm. So come dinner at 7pm and then uh, we learn together how we can uh, be a Christian, uh, be a student for Christ in our uh, campuses. So take note of this date here, 23rd of August. Next. This again, uh, each year I mentioned we're going to have a YA camp during the o October Dibabali holiday weekend. Please set aside that date free. Dates free. Uh, more information that you can be, be coming up regarding registration. But the regist registration is open already. There's a link there. You mentioned all the various costs available. This year, it's about Ecclesia Assemble. Church of God, we come together, what we can do and understand about God's uh, church here, even as young people, we can be able to grow and contribute. So, take note of this date here, 26 to 28 of October. Okay? Okay, today is the first Sunday of the month. Please stay back for lunch fellowship. Come and then uh, join us together and then uh, have uh, time to get to know new people or people that you have long not catch up. So please stay back. Okay? So right now I invite um, Pastor Kevin as we continue this series on both the Holy Spirit as well as First Corinthians. Now we are in chapter 13 about this special passages, passage about love. Let us pray. Where you are, just pray. Pray that today God will speak to you more about His love and pray for also Pastor Kevin. Then later on, I will lead us.